0: You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee
1: and let's clatch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I am Erin McCart, and, and I'm Erin McCart.
0: Welcome back. As this week, we discuss happy. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we all learn from this documentary and we become happier people. This is an older one. It was done in 2012. Mm -hmm. Only one hour and 16 minutes long, so it's really sweet and to the point. Yeah. Directed by Roko Bellic, even. Mm -hmm. But it's not that I can't remind handwriting. I can't read what is typed on the screen
1: now. That's where we are. I interpret it as you're just so excited to get into the meat of this, that you're just lopping off syllables. It's fine. That's right. We're mm-hmm. making up new
0: names. This one we found on Tubi for free, or you can rent it on, say, the Apple
1: or the Amazon for like mm-hmm. three bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah, the standard. Mm-hmm. I like that it started off with a little quotey quote. It says, The Constitution only guarantees the American people the right to pursue happiness. You have to catch it on your own. By Ben
2: Franklin.
0: I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you end up living here good for you we're not going to help you be happy but if you stumble into it that's good for you it's kind of what it comes down to
1: yeah so this is kind of from the American perspective and why we get this so wrong basically
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I feel like most Americans feel like it's they're entitled to it like they don't have to work for it it's just going to show up in your lap it's kind of like how they say freedom we're free we're free all the time when there are so many more countries much more free
1: than we are. Yeah, there are other places in the world that get it right. And we refuse to acknowledge that that's a thing. So mm-hmm. in this documentary, we're exploring alternate ways to find happiness that go against the, I don't know, societal message, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And also, it delves into the science of what mm-hmm. they have found, the happiest people, what they do, how they maintain that kind of different traits mm-hmm. they may have. I loved it. We did go all over the world with this. Mm-hmm. And that made me happy that they're pulling from different areas of the world.
1: I think as Americans, we're really guilty of thinking that there's one way to do everything. Ugh,
0: yes. <laughs> we're We're the most egocentric country in the world. We have to be even more so than I'd say North Korea, which is saying a lot.
1: It really is. Yeah. So I thought that was funny that they kind of Came back to that time and time again, like, look, everyone, it's a great big world and there are more perspectives than just yours. <laughs> right.
0: Mm-hmm. Just stop, take some deep breaths mm-hmm. and do some Tai Chi. Now you're not gonna be able to find a class, but whatever. That's Well,
1: you can point. if you're retired. Yes. Because they all occur on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Is what yes. we learned in our corner of the world <laughs> is we're like, we just want to go take some Tai Chi. But they're like, you're cute. Wait about 10 years or mm. more. I don't know. I want to retire in 10 years. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be adorable? Look, uh, we get this podcast thing going. Maybe we can. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll work on that. And then mm. moving to country where we can get free healthcare. Cause I can't quit my job without that.
1: Well, I mean, you're in luck because it does point out a little bit of that in our documentary today. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah.
0: let's get into it. We start, well, they actually start on the street and asking people, what do you want out of life? And everyone's like, I just want to be happy. That's the most vague kind of answer.
1: Yeah. There are some on the street interviews, which personally I love, (laughs) but they also show a lot of advertisements that's selling the American dream, right? American version of happiness, which is stuff. Yeah. So it's cars, it's status, it's being a good consumer basically, (laughs) Yes. Is the message that I saw. And it's like, you've got to be beautiful and you've got to be young and shit like that. So I'm out already. Uh, (laughs) So the noise, noise, noise of what's going on here in America. And then we move to Calcutta, India. Mm -hmm. And we're taking a look at one of the slums. And there's a man named Manoj Singh. Fuck. I'm so glad you're here. She
0: pronounced it later. Otherwise I wouldn't have gotten it. Okay. Right. If they just put the spelling up there, I'm out, but she did pronounce it later.
1: Right. So this man lives kind of in sobering conditions because they're showing his home. They're showing his work situation. He's a rickshaw driver Mm -hmm. and there's some interviews with him where he's talking about, yeah, yeah. The customers are kind of dicks and he has to maintain his composure and not react poorly, because then he actually loses business, which is not really to his best interest. So mm-hmm. he's very conscientious of how he treats his people, and all that kind of stuff. And like, again, this is pretty, what well, we would consider here, these are hardcore poverty conditions. Yep. So When we
0: say driver, that's a real loose term. He is Fred Flintstoning in that shit, right? He <laughs> is on his feet. Yes. Carrying, But his hands are carrying a bar and he's got a person or multiple people in a cart behind him. Right. You have to be in such good shape at all times to do right. that.
1: And he is not a large framed man. He is. Oh, no. I mean, he looks like a fairly average sized person. He looks like a runner. He's thin. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. And as we kind of go along here in this little bit of the segment, they mentioned that he reports being as happy as most Americans like your average American and then they kind of go with him and he talks about yeah my living conditions like I'm I'm doing okay like my family as well and my kids run to greet me when I get home and that's really mm-hmm. nice for me and I spend time with everybody and my wife as well and it's just you know he you can see there's kind of a light in him and he he isn't bitter he isn't nasty about anything he feels like he's doing okay
0: And he talks about like his house, which we would look at and be like, well, how do you live in that? But he's like, listen, it has sides and windows open. So we get a good breeze. Mm -hmm. And, you know, during the rain, sometimes it's hard to keep the rain out. But other than that, it's pretty pimp. Mm -hmm. They also talk about the neighborhood. He, they -hmm. have a strong community there. And that's important as you'll find throughout this. It's important to have that strong community Mm -hmm. support system. So yeah, that was nice.
1: It's just startling. It's startling, I think, as Americans to see what he's dealing with. And also his attitude is really, he's grateful. And I love Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. Another
0: thing I like about this documentary is they have a lot of professors, psychologists, psychiatrists, neurobiologists Mm -hmm. talking throughout this about the science. So, you know, that makes us
1: really happy inside. Yeah, there are a lot of people with a lot of qualifications rapping about this. It's not just like mean, when it's some shit I saw on TikTok, so.
0: <laughs> right close, though. <laughs> they, you know, discuss how people have been studying depression for years, but the goal of psychology was essentially to rid a person of the problems,
2: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to kind of looking at how, where the problems came from, how should we live with them type of situation. And sure. then we meet Ed Diener. That's what I have, too. Okay. Yes. Professor of psychology at the University of Illinois, he said he started studying happiness in 1981, mm-hmm. and it was not a popular field. People are like, well, this is fucking
1: stupid. Why would you do that?
0: And I love that he said that, why do they think they can measure depression but not happiness?
1: Right. And it kind of talks about we're moving from a reactive place of we're going to treat the symptoms to a proactive place of maybe we can get people some information on how they don't get here in the fucking first place, which we are, again, terrible at. Right. But yeah, they worked for 25 years or more collecting data on moods from around the globe. So this is not just a American-only situation. They're using twin studies to do some of this. They actually have some DNA determination that explains that about 50% of your happiness is based on your genetics. Mm-hmm. And this is your baseline or your set point. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like, oh, well, bring some science in. I'm super fan of that. Yeah.
0: All about it. So that leaves 50%, right? So 50% is Mm -hmm. genetic makeup. The other 50% is just out there. So Mm -hmm. we have Sonia. We're just going to go with first names for most of these people
1: because they have a lot of
0: letters in their last names.
1: They really do. And then a lot of qualification letters behind that again. So Dr. Mm -hmm. Sonia is how she's referred to me the rest of the time. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Henceforth. Right. Dr. Sonia was discussing how our circumstances, what we consider as what is let me rephrase that what is marketed to us as american Mm -hmm. consumers as what will make us happy you know the more 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 Mm -hmm. our job our success our where we live only makes up about 10 percent of our happiness right Mm -hmm. and then the other 40 percent is intentional behavior this is the part i loved because it Mm -hmm. gives you some control because if they're like well it's all genetic fuck it then why bother why bother trying right
1: Right, and it starts to set the the stage for these are things that you have control over. There are actions that mm-hmm. you can take. It's not just like you should smile more, and that's
0: it. <laughs> well, only if you are a woman, you only have to smile more. <laughs> well, <a woman>. yeah. <laughs> so these are things that we can do on a regular basis to help our happiness. And mm-hmm. some of the studies, sh- well, let me rephrase: that. all the studies show that exercise is a really good mm-hmm. uh, help. And they discuss later because it raises your dopamine levels, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But If you do the same thing every day, you can become less satisfied by it. And so they Mm -hmm. talk about simple things of like changing your route or changing something small just to keep it newer and different. And that really helps increase your happiness level versus Mm -hmm.
1: doing the same thing every day. Right. You need a little variety in your life. Mm -hmm. It is the spice of life after all. As they say. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Who they are, I don't know. The royal they
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So then we're introduced to Roy Blanchard Sr. And I loved him. I do too. So they don't specifically say right away, but after a minute, I think actually later they do say that he's in the bayou in Louisiana somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he is out on the water in his fishing boat or what have you. And he is showing you different areas that he just really enjoys, like different birds and point out critters of various sizes Mm-hmm. and he talks about it, that it's good medicine, just being out in nature and appreciating natural beauty really helps him to, I'm assuming, get out of your own fucking head, which would be mm-hmm. totally awesome. Right. And he just has the biggest smile on his face. He's a man probably in his sixties, I would guess
2: mm-hmm.
1: with like some serious rubber boots on <laughs> He's just loving it.
0: And a lovely Cajun accent.
1: Oh, It's Justin Wilson of my dreams, right? Yeah. So (laughs) adorable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He discusses, you never know what you're going to see out there. So Mm -hmm. some of that variety that even if he's taking the same routes, he's seeing something new. He's seeing something Mm -hmm. different and just relaxing and allowing, like you said, himself to get out of his own head. Right. Right. So then we start talking about neurotransmitters and dopamine, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned before. They say that any measure of happiness tends to focus on dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. and it's necessary for feeling happy and content,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: We have, okay, I'll say his whole name. This P-Red, or Reed, R-E-A-D.
1: I'm going to go with Reed. Ugh. This is this is the most pretentious string of, <laughs> this is the most pretentious name in the whole thing. Pete reed Montague. P-H-D. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all have P-H-D after their name, but- He's- he actually seems like a pretty cool guy, but I'm like, could you yeah. drop the P? That's super pretentious. But I mean, if I had a PhD, <laughs> I'd be E Danielle McCart every fucking day. So I would be Doctor Doctor Aaron, <laughs> Doctor Mom, Doctor whatever you whatever
0: you put after that is fine, but it's Doctor something. Right, right. Mm-hmm. He's a professor of neuroscience at Baylor College of Medicine, and mm-hmm. his friend Gregory Burns, PhD. Is a professor of psychiatry at Emory University.
1: And he's also an MD. So don't leave that part out. He didn't go to eight years of evil medical school for nothing. So. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, so Gregory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they give a lovely explanation of how the neurotransmitters work and mm-hmm. a little graphic display, which mm-hmm. always makes me happy. But they also say that as you age, you're slowly losing your dopamine synapses in neurons. So. Yeah. If you lose too much, it becomes Parkinson's disease. How did I not know that, that that's what Parkinson's was?
1: I mean, since this is older, I was surprised by that too. But again, we're not into neuroscience. I'm not doing a lot of journal reviews. So that's on me, I guess. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. yeah, right. It
1: but it's scary. This is one of the things I worry about. Uh, my grandma dealt with some Alzheimer's senility stuff as Mm -hmm. she was older and it was really tough on the family and obviously on I mean I don't think she necessarily well that's maybe a little bit presumptuous but it it was a problem yeah and it's scary right to think like you you lose mental capacity and that's terrifying so I was like oh note to self something I can work on
0: (laughs) right yeah but they also said that as you lose these and get older your body adapts pretty well but Mm -hmm. they maintain that physical activity helps. It increases that dopamine. It mm-hmm. keeps it going. So listen, I'm I'm not a physical activity person. I am extremely sedentary, which is sad. It is really sad. But maybe after this, I'll start. Maybe this, this is what I need to start
1: moving more. I don't know. This is one of my favorite things of this documentary was it was actionable things that you could mm-hmm. do. And it's like, here's why you should care about it. So the exercise really isn't just being ripped. It's having a ripped (laughs) brain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's what I want. A ripped brain. That's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because they're talking in this segment is like, once you lose it, you can't really get it back. It's not like you can rebuild that, but you can maximize what you still retain. And that's really Mm -hmm. where the sweet spot is for this.
0: Right. And it does say that Doing novel things for exercise and unique things is helpful. Now, I am Mm -hmm. not going to dress up as a gorilla as they had a (laughs) video of people dressed in gorilla costumes and banana costumes running. Good for them. Mm -hmm. It looked hot. It looked really fucking hot and smelly.
1: I agree with the smelly. They were in San Francisco. So if it was anywhere near the water, it's fucking cold there. I went with a light jacket. Mistake. I should have had like (laughs) a nice sweater. Yeah. Like layers. Yeah. But how funny would it be? And then they interviewed the gorillas and they're asking them questions. And obviously they're answering in, you know, language, but they're saying like, shit, a gorilla would say like, um, I'm really motivated by chasing the bananas and stuff. It was so (laughs) dumb and I loved it.
0: (laughs) I don't think, did they even say why these people were running as gorillas? Was it an annual
1: thing? Is it a... Again, I, this was a really good documentary, but it's, it jumps around a lot and they don't really give any context for some stuff. So that's mm-hmm. a, one small criticism that I have for Rocco, Belly, or Bellic, whichever you prefer.
0: <laughs> whichever that person prefers, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then we meet Ronaldo Fadul of Brazil. He's a surfer and he was older. And my first thought when I saw him is that's what my younger son's hair looks like.
1: Just. It needs conditioned. But you know how he got that? He's out on the water and uh, surfing his ass off. Sun and surf. Let me tell you what I wrote about Ronaldo. I said, Brazilian Spicoli? (laughs) Question (laughs) mark?
0: Yes. Absolutely. He is just
1: the chillest dude. He's talking about, yeah, having surfed for over 40 years. And he talks about being in harmony with nature. Again, this is not a man that lives extravagantly yeah it's very humble and they like take care of birds that fall out of trees and he just really seems to but I mean again the light that that you can see in him I mean he's just all about good vibes this guy Mm -hmm. and it was neat
0: yeah and he said he said it doesn't make sense to work for a lot of money right he's Mm -hmm. like because all you're going to think about is what you're going to have to pay tomorrow. What do you owe today? What do you, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's true. I mean, the more money you make, the more bills you have in theory. So
1: who was it that said mo money, mo problems, Abe Lincoln. Okay, cool. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) 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 Okay. Where are we? Mm Mmm, mim mim. Surfing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And I'm definitely not pronouncing this gentleman's last name.
1: Hell, yes, it is the whole alphabet. It's, it's at least 20 characters long. <laughs> yes. Like, sir, how do you fit that on a business card? So does, crazy. Mm. But we'll call him Dr.
0: Mahaley.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was talking about the intrinsic reward of exercise and talking about how people get in the zone. So you're no longer thinking about your life and yourself. You're focused on this one thing mm-hmm. and you can just be. Mm hmm which someone else calls the flow, that's what mm-hmm. it's called, the flow, where you can forget your problems and forget yourself, and it doesn't just have to happen during sports, right, they talk about you can feel this flow throughout the day at different times, working, I need mm-hmm. that job, whatever job gives me that's what I need.
1: Yeah, or playing an instrument, you you mm-hmm. kind of lose, to me, it's like when you lose track of time, when I'm reading a really good book, and people are talking mm-hmm. to me, and they're like, hey, hey, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Totally. But you lose yourself into something. Mm-hmm. And that's evidently a very beneficial feeling. <laughs> evidently. I mean, <laughs> well, no, well, no. I, again, the reading, but that's not even. <laughs> well, I will uh, say that
0: there are times at work when I'm in the middle of an experiment, and I'm not thinking I'm just doing I'm doing mm-hmm, the next step, the mm-hmm. next step, making sure it goes right. So it, you can kind of get that way at work, I guess. Sure, sure. But Not often. And as I just discussed, I am not an exercise person. So I don't know.
1: But wouldn't it be cool if the message that we were telling people after being educated by this is to say, that's how you find happiness. Where are you experiencing this? That might be Mm -hmm. a key to what really motivates Mm -hmm. you or what you really enjoy. Instead Mm -hmm. of like, you know what you really should do is just make a shit ton of money. And then eventually maybe you'll get to the point where you can enjoy your life. right someday if you retire
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a good point though find that flow throughout the day or try to be cognizant of when you get into that Mm -hmm. mode Mm -hmm. and recognize it as something you enjoy doing and then try to do it more yeah yeah very well done we're done here our podcast is over thank you very much (laughs) we've we've cracked it
2: everyone (laughs) you're welcome
0: you're welcome Mm -hmm. so daniel gilbert phd
1: Another PhD.
0: Of what? It doesn't say. It could be English for all I fucking know. Mm -hmm. Author of Stumbling on Happiness. Mm -hmm. He said people overestimate how much impact both good and bad events will have on them in the future. And then he makes a good point because I think a lot of people who aren't happy feel like a lot of bad things happen to them. And it's not to say that bad things don't happen to happy people as well. Mm -hmm. They just handle it differently. That's Mm -hmm. the big step, right? Mm
2: -hmm. And he
0: says, in general, people do really good things when really bad things happen, which sounds horrible. But, you know, you you get to that point where, well, there's no other option, right? You're in a shitty, shitty circumstances. And sometimes you feel like nothing can go right. But in the end, it will because there's no other option.
1: Well, I think it's about choice, too. If you're a person that has a specific outlook, you can say, I don't have control over all of my circumstances, but I can choose mm-hmm. my attitude, which, again, sounds very woo. There are times that I can't hear that, right? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. like, one more fucking thing I have to figure out how to do is, like, pick right. my attitude. But I think you do get to a point where you're like, okay, maybe I can do some good in this moment. And so that maybe starts the process of feeling like you do have a little bit of control over something, and mm-hmm. maybe you can go from there. I don't know. This yep. is just Aaron's postulation moments, so... just an aside if you will right do you want to talk about hedonic adaptation at this point it comes up a couple different times go ahead okay so hedonic adaptation is kind of what you were mentioning that you're going to have a range of good and bad stuff that happens to you and you overestimate how much the good stuff is going to feel good and how for how long and how much the bad stuff is going to feel bad and for how long we adapt To the good stuff, we adapt to the bad stuff. So the good stuff isn't quite as good as you thought it was going to be. The bad stuff's not quite as bad. So take, for instance, a lifestyle. If you go make some more money, you have an awesome lifestyle. Eventually, you will adapt to that, and it's not enough, and you still want more shit. Mm -hmm. But conversely, if something bad happens to you, you also adapt to that, and you rebound. So Mm -hmm. I think it's powerful to understand kind of how the human brain works. And so this is one of those things, like a lot of times we talk about confirmation bias. And this is another Mm -hmm. one of those little tools that if you understand that this is probably what's going to happen to you, I think that that can help. So that's what they're Mm -hmm. talking about here.
0: And it's interesting because they say that people who are happy, it's not that they don't experience bad things. Mm -hmm. We all experience bad things. The difference is, is they experience the bad things and they have appropriate reactions to the bad things, but they bounce back to baseline faster. Mm -hmm. They don't let it become their life. Where Mm -hmm. there are some people who absorb it, and that's that's now their life moving forward, right, for a much longer time. They cannot
1: let go of it, or move past it, or find something else. Right. And this is not a criticism of people who are going through things.
2: Mm -mm. I
1: find it to be a hopeful message that you know you do have some power, even in really shitty circumstances. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: And also, even if it's taking longer, you will eventually in theory, move Mm -hmm. on from it and bounce back. It Mm -hmm. will still be part of your life. It's just not Mm -hmm. all-encompassing part of your life.
1: Sure, sure. I think a great example of this, they talked to Melissa Moody. Mm -hmm. And this is a really interesting story, in my opinion, because they really hit on the fact that she must have been a dish back in the day, right? She was a debutante and was really valued or she valued herself. I mean, she was a lovely person and I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, she's also a A nice person a good person Mm -hmm. Um, she was raising a family all that kind of stuff but they really talk a lot about how pretty she was because she actually was in an accident and even that story was like okay uh pretty tough right right because she was on the road out in the sticks somewhere i think they lived on a ranch she's on a
0: ranch yeah
1: So she had pulled over to have a conversation on some kind of rocky dirt patch road with her sister-in-law and they were having some kind of a scrum uh, disagreement and her hand got caught in the door while her sister-in-law started to drive away and she was trying to run and keep up but that didn't work and eventually she was pulled under the truck and its back wheels ran over part of her spine and her face and like pushed her face down into the rocky dirt And she was severely injured by that. So during her recovery, she had to have several surgeries. She was disfigured. She experienced a lot of depression. Mm -hmm. She ended up getting divorced because her husband left. I think he had some problems with addiction after this because I I think this really affected their family. Mm
2: -hmm. They don't
1: talk a lot about any of those other circumstances. So I'm going to take it with one of these. Like I'll give him the benefit of the doubt situations. like We don't really know. Mm because it could be a real dick move. Let's just say that out there, but we don't know. Yeah,
0: it could be, but this is Mm going to be hard on any family. I don't care how strong a relationship you have. She was completely disabled for nine years, she said. Yes. So that's a long time. Throughout this time, she said she often thought of killing herself. Yes. But, and that's completely understandable, right? Mm -hmm. But she would always kind of give herself a timeline, like, okay, um, that's always an option, but I'll wait like six months because my kids need me for this right now. Mm -hmm. And then she could always kind of push it off and push it off Mm -hmm. until she got to a point where that wasn't the driving force. Right. Mm -hmm. And she said she came to a place where she realized she didn't know why what happened happened, but she didn't have Mm -hmm. to. She didn't have to understand everything. And that was okay. Mm -hmm. And that helped her heal and move on. I can't even imagine I, I just can't imagine. First of all, I would love to know what that sister-in-law was going through after you do this to someone.
1: That's one of the things <laughs> I thought too. I was like, oh my God. And of course they don't talk about any of that. And that's not what no. this documentary is about. Cause I'm like, I, what is the story? Right. But she has found peace with it and mm-hmm. that gives me hope. And you know, she talks about, she would go on the street and talk to people and they wouldn't know who she was. Like that's how much she changed physically. Yes. In my opinion, she's still very lovely. I mean, I thought she was too. She's not
0: symmetrical. No, that's boring, right? (laughs) 100%. 100%. I think a lot of it is because she is happy with herself. She is smiling Mm -hmm. and that radiates out to other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you feel it. She did meet someone and he wasn't afraid to ask her hard questions. Like, does your nose work? You know, things like that. Yeah. And she loved that because most people probably tiptoed around her when it mm-hmm. came to any of that.
1: Yeah, it was invisible, right? Nobody yeah. had acknowledged it. And right. he had the guts to ask questions and she felt mm-hmm. seen. I'm sure that she doesn't say that. That's just me again, supposing. But mm-hmm. what a great romance novel this would make. Right. But she works with other people now, mm-hmm. helping them through maybe not similar situations, but maybe other traumatic things. And she also mm-hmm. said she found healing through horses. And I'm like, that's fucking adorable.
0: Yeah. I know they use them for like people on the spectrum and just other disabilities. They use mm-hmm. animals and horses a lot. So yeah. Yeah. I'm slightly afraid of horses. They're very large and they don't want me on them. So we have an agreement. It's fine.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, good that you live where you live anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. But she's got a really cool vibe about her and I really appreciated that. I liked Melissa. Mm-hmm.
0: I do too. I think she seems like a genuine person. And mm-hmm. it's rare to find people that are genuinely happy, right? People portray yeah. a happiness because they feel mm-hmm. like they're supposed to, but a lot of times it doesn't feel real. So,
1: and she talked about having been a really busy mom and wife and had sort of lost her sense of what Self. it was to really live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this forced her to slow down and reconsider. And even though it seems like, wow, but she. She doesn't resent it at all. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat that, um, I mean, how many people really get a second chance like that? Is that a is that a fair way to say this?
0: Yeah. And I I think, unfortunately, a lot of people who would go through that wouldn't come out of it the same way. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? I don't know that I would. I
1: don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting, yeah. it would be an interesting exercise to think about more.
0: I would rather not be put to that test.
1: Yeah. Well, you didn't start off as a debutante. So let's...
0: i don't understand why they still have debutantes i feel like that's a uh cattle market for girls is what it looks like
1: well it's funny when they started off i'm like where is this going like (laughs) i was almost offended like she was really pretty and i'm like she's really pretty and then you're like oh oh, okay now i'm so bad about it yeah yeah
0: yeah because even the kid was like oh my beautiful mom and i'm like dude they're you're not helping (laughs) (laughs) yes read the room
2: Uh uh-huh
0: okay so as we said, we're told that to be happy, especially in America, you need a lot of money. You need to be successful. But they have done studies to show that over the last 50 years, say, we, are, we have more money now than we've ever had in this country. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, let me phrase that. A few people have more money now than we've <laughs> ever had in this country. <laughs> right. But the happiness level hasn't gone up. Now, keep in mind, mm-hmm. this is 2012, where inflation wasn't so high that the money you made was worth nothing. Is a little more balanced in 2012.
1: Right. Coming out of, I mean, when's the housing crash? 2008? 2008, yeah. Yeah, so this was probably a time when people were starting to recover a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was this lovely graph that they showed that listed that incomes had doubled for the average American person, but happiness levels really were about the same. So it mm-hmm. really shows that it's not about money. In most mm-hmm. cases, there are a few Circumstances where that's a little bit different, right?
0: They say the difference of the happiness of a person who makes five thousand or fifty thousand is dramatic, right? Because that's going mm-hmm. from not being able to even eat to being able to have your basic needs met. Mm-hmm. Once your basic needs are met, anything above that is not going to bring you more happiness.
1: Yeah, that's significant, right? Mm-hmm. There's a little bit here and there, short term, yeah. Right, but that's where you kind of get this hedonic adaptation situation going on. Like, you think it's going to be great, and then you get there, and you're like, eh, I still want stuff, which Mm -hmm. is a bummer.
0: I don't know. I look at my shoes, and they make me really happy. So, (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, we all have our stuff. I I thought it was interesting that they also mentioned you're not having as much difference in happiness between $50,000 and $50 million. I was like, that is a really giant jump. (laughs) Like I would have yep. been happy to be like five hundred thousand dollars and fifty million dollars, although that doesn't roll off right. the tongue quite as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So, right, and again, scale for inflation as needed
2: <laughs> in the last decade. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think if you give me fifty million, I'd be happier. But I'm I'm willing to do that experiment if someone wants to give me fifty million, and I'll I'll see how
1: happy I am. And I appreciate your consistency, because this is a message that has run throughout our podcast episodes, (laughs) that we will take this challenge on for you, dear listener, to prove it right, prove it wrong. We don't, you know, it's fine. We're just, we're out there for you. Think of all the shoes. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So many. Oh, so many shoes.
0: Like we said, this jumps around a lot. But they go back to the bayou with the Blanchard family. now this is a large family. They have, you know, siblings and in-laws and everything. And so they start discussing that this is an old Louisiana Cajun family, Mm -hmm. which you can tell by the way they speak. And I love, they all speak French except for the younger kids they son. And they all live fairly close together, not like commune style, but within a commutable radius, I
1: guess. A couple miles or so. Sure. Mm -hmm. And they
0: kind of live off the land. They get together at least once a week to have these big, you know, seafood boils. Crawfish boils. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they eat and they just laugh and they all seem very happy. And these are people who don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but they do have family and they do have happiness and they have that
1: support
2: Mm -hmm.
0: system.
1: Right. And they talk about we don't have the money to have the plumber come. We don't have the money to have this or that, mm-hmm. you know, a professional come in and fix this. We take care of one another. And mm-hmm. how reassuring would it be to understand that if something goes wrong in my life, someone will be there for me. I don't have to figure it all out for myself. Mm-hmm. I set, I feel like that as a, a single mom. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to field this one? Mm-hmm. But I can repair a toilet at this point like nobody's business. Oh, my God. Beyond that.
0: Thank God for YouTube, right? (laughs) How to install a toilet. Now I know. I can do it. Right. I don't need no boys. (laughs) Stupid
1: boys. (laughs) I do really enjoy the vibe that this family gives off because they really are very close. And it's sweet. And I love that. I know.
0: It is. And that support system is crucial. The happiest people Mm -hmm. that they talk to, scientists all over the world, I found that Mm -hmm. these people have good support systems. They have close relationships with friends and family. Mm -hmm. Does it mean they're like everybody? No, of course not. Right. But they know that they have support. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. We talk about two different kinds of life goals, intrinsic and extrinsic. And they're just what they sound. Extrinsic is external things. You're focused on rewards, praise, stuff. So the American way of life.
1: Yeah. I like their description of this money, image, and status. Mm Mm-hmm. So those are the things that go together. And that's what we're sold. As Americans, it's like, this is how you achieve, I don't know, Shangri-La. I mean, that's not the right way to say it. The American
0: dream. Yeah, that's what that is.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Consume, consume, consume. Well, the people at the top wouldn't make money if we didn't buy their stuff. So,
1: Boy, oh boy, you are correct there. And these are the people that have lower life satisfaction. They are not as happy because I think once you get that shit, you still feel like you did before. (laughs) Like... It's just a wreck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have intrinsic goals, which are more like personal growth, relationships, and desire to help. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we often hear about taking care of yourself and having good relationships, but that Mm -hmm. desire to help and helping other people, I think is a big one too, that they found. Mm So speaking of extrinsic, they move on to Japan. Japan is the least happy of the industrial wealthy nations. Yes. After World War II, like the entire population contributed to building the country back up. Mm -hmm. Right. And they kind of focused on industry and economic growth and success above anything else.
1: Right. So material prosperity was heavily emphasized Mm -hmm. for them. So the long term consequences of that are what we're starting to see now. Mm -hmm.
0: They have found that people are working themselves to death, literally working themselves to death. And they have a term for that. Yeah. Kiroshi, which literally states for overworked death. Now, this is where I feel like the Japanese and the Americans side by side, right? To the extent that they have a benefit later on, they show a benefit for the families left behind Mm -hmm. from people who have died literally on the job. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's right. Let's send thoughts and prayers and have a benefit. (laughs) Let's not fix the problem that's causing this. Wouldn't that be more beneficial?
1: No. Not at all. Right. And they show a lot of footage while they're talking about these incidents of people getting on public transportation, which we don't have here. Let's just say that as well.
0: Um, Not in Indiana, no. (laughs) My anxiety watching these people cram into the subway. Like, Mm -hmm. they are smooshed up against the walls and the doors. Right.
1: And they are all asleep. Like, I guess you work so hard, the minute you sit down, you just... Fall asleep, turn off, which is Mm -hmm. terrifying. I like to think of if I was in a place where I could take the train to work, I would just read, you know, I would love that. Listen to a podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. But these poor folks are just conking out the instant they get any downtime, and it's shocking. So it's a toxic lifestyle. It leads to my notes that say very sad (laughs) faces. They do have very sad faces. And they talk to a, a lovely lady, her name is. Hiroko mm-hmm. Yoshino. Sure. And she talks about her husband. His name is Kenishi. And he worked at the Toyota plant of some kind. Uh, did they mm-hmm. mention the city? I didn't see.
0: Mm-mm, I didn't see it.
1: And they talked a lot about efficiency, which I was like, oh, did they also talk about quality and safety? Because that sounds like they all go together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, he was the quality control manager he supervisor. Was. So he was.
1: Mm-hmm. They have a sweet little baby named amy she was so cute Mm -hmm. and he never got to see her they really did not get to see him that often he traveled quite a bit it sounded like but anyway they Mm -hmm. showed some home movies and it was so sweet to see her and she was so excited Mm -hmm. to see her daddy and they played together a little bit but yeah it was really sad
0: although he essentially had to reintroduce himself to her every time he saw her Uh, yeah you're correct that's yeah harsh so Mm
1: -hmm. on the day that he died it was reported that there was a a defect at the plant and he was reporting it to his supervisors and there was a lot of stress involved with that. And he just fell over and died from a heart attack and he did not look like Mm -hmm. an old gentleman. He was maybe in his thirties. He looked young, maybe early thirties. Yes. Yes. And so then they show his wife Hiroko and she is singing at the, one of the benefits that you were talking about. Like Mm -hmm. they, put on these i don't know if it's a fundraiser i would assume if you called it a benefit it would be something like that but she is up with like a giant choir full of people singing songs that don't translate real well because they sounded a little bit goofy but i understand what they're trying <laughs> to say it's like yes, we miss yes. you we we wish you were here that kind of stuff but it is it comes mm-hmm. across google translator or whatever like a little bit corny so <laughs> yes it does i'm not laughing i'm not laughing at no today. we can't laugh at that
0: it's It's a horrible situation. And again, I go back to, why are we not trying to fix the problem? And they very well might be, but, you know, it seems like the Japanese government views their population much like our military views their servicemen and women, right? Mm -hmm. Expendable commodities, Mm -hmm. just to get us where we're going.
1: Well, it's sort of purpose at the time right they needed to get the people excited i guess about rebuilding after world war ii which to me is like that's not a terrible
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know thing to be like okay we're out of the ship we need to kind of get it back together but then it just went to the absolute extreme and they don't emphasize rest they don't emphasize Mm -hmm. relationships they don't emphasize anything else and then you know i i'd like to say that seeing what's going on here and how it is different from other places might inspire them to change some of that messaging. I don't know. I don't know how you change a culture that. I mean, like, ooh, it's,
0: it would take from the top level, right? Because even if yeah. a couple of people are like, listen, I'm not fucking working myself to death. Well, guess what? They'll get fired. Someone else will. And then they won't have a job. So it's a competitive right. environment to
1: survive essentially. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we kind of grew up at a time where that work culture was also idolized Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it was my parents' generation that you didn't take time off work because, oh, my God, what happens if you get behind and you miss out on a promotion or something because you weren't there and like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: bunches of people had heart attacks and stuff. And so now I see the door is kind of swinging a little bit the other way where it's like, look, we got to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. in the long term. We're not going to kill ourselves for work. And and so it is slowly shifting here. It's not, in my opinion, going to get quite to this point, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I feel like because we as a society have learned that the companies don't give a shit about us, right? <laughs> yeah. They don't. So it doesn't matter how hard mm-hmm. you work, you are expendable. So mm-hmm. to focus all of your time and energy on a company that doesn't care isn't going to get you very far in life. You'd be better off to focus on yourself
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you'll do much better. I don't know. Maybe right. that's there's going to be some balance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You you have boundaries, which I totally can appreciate.
0: Right. So, Do you know who else has boundaries? Bhutan.
1: Yeah. Like the complete opposite end of the spectrum.
0: I, first of all, don't know anything about Bhutan. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. But they talked about it's kind of a fledgling economy. Yes. And with that, you can have, you could have it go to the extreme, just like Japan. You could have them mm-hmm. selling, like flooding their valleys and selling their hydroelectric energy mm-hmm. to India. And make all the monies. Mm -hmm. But they've decided instead of focusing on profit, they're going to focus on happiness as a country. Right.
1: Which I love. Like, they're going to emphasize that. And, Mm -hmm. like, what an amazing concept. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a cool joint to hang out. They've got all the temples. And it just looks like a really neat place to be. Mm -hmm. And so the way they're going, like, some action items that they have put in place are... They have to have 60% of their land mm-hmm. is forest because mm-hmm. they don't want to get into what you were talking about, like the continual harvesting and selling of all their natural resources to somebody else. They mm-hmm. want to leave some shit for their own people. And I was like, well, that nice. seems like an amazing concept because they feel like the government has responsibility to provide opportunities for the people to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, taking care of one another, It to me, as a horrible American, that is so refreshing.
0: It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And I like that they looked at other countries and they saw what they were doing wrong, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, in the race to build economy and get more and more money for the country, you mm-hmm. have lost your culture. Yes. You have lost your environment. You have lost your happiness. So everything suffers because of it. Except for Mm -hmm. the GDP, right? So, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah, they put it into law. That's that's a law that sixty percent of the land has to be forested. That they have the monasteries and schools and other areas are protected by law, right? I love that. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's just it's not necessarily a novel approach because there are other countries who have done good things, but it's. Mm -hmm. A novel approach to happen so recently, I feel like, right?
1: A hundred percent. They also mentioned Denmark, which is pretty established Mm -hmm. as one of the happiest places Mm and one of the happiest nations Mm -hmm. on earth. Let me call out what they do right is they have free college and they have free fucking healthcare, Mm -hmm. and that shockingly is good for people. Yeah, they have a lot of social
0: nets. Mm -hmm. for people to fall back on. If they lose their job, they supply them with income for a year, year and a half or something. So they can find something Mm -hmm. they enjoy. So the taxes that you pay go towards things that support people. So they feel happier because they don't have to worry about these basic needs, right? They don't have to worry about college. They don't have to worry about going to the hospital. Or even if you lose your job, you don't lose your health insurance and you're taken Mm -hmm. care of for a while until you find something else. It's amazing with that social net
1: can do. And it's not a blame situation, right? Mm -hmm. If you lose your job, that's okay. It's not a shortfall of yours to not be able to pay for everything. So I think that's the trade-off for the taxes. Like the taxes are, I mean, would we say comparable to ours, a little bit higher than ours, shockingly higher than ours. Like it's somewhere in the middle there, I guess I think
0: they're quite a bit higher than ours. However, because of what we pay in insurance and everything else, it probably comes out in the wash of what comes out of your paycheck in theory. Right. Right. And from what I've read about it, because you pay so much in taxes, you don't necessarily try to find the job that pays the most. You try to find the Mm -hmm. job that you enjoy the most. Right. How amazing is that?
1: Yeah. You're not concerned about car payments and paying for gas and shit like that because there are infrastructures and public transportation. So you don't have to do that anymore. So how lovely would that be? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So we also are introduced at this point to a lady named Ann and I'm not going for that last name because it's just Ann big. Mm -hmm. She talks about having moved into a co-housing community Mm
2: -hmm. when
1: she was a divorcee. Okay so the co-housing communities are a bunch of families that live in sometimes the same building sometimes it's it's different buildings. Yeah yeah, they're all pitching in together to share common chores. So Ann specifically talks about She has to cook for like a hundred people or some shit like that twice a month. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And then that's all shared. So she and her children can run down to the mess hall or whatever they call it. It's probably something lovely (laughs) and eat with everybody else. And she is only responsible for providing a couple times a month. So Mm -hmm. she comes home from work. She has free time Mm -hmm. and she can spend that with her children riding bikes. It's very, it's very cute. The, um, video that they show while she's talking about some of this and she also talks about the fact that she gets to hang out with elder people and she feels like they're kind of pseudo grandparents for her children Mm -hmm. and it's really sweet because the people that are older get the interaction with everybody else so they're not sort of forgotten Mm -hmm. and whatever like we do for older folks here and also the children get to hang out with some people with some wise shit to say Mm -hmm. and even the teenagers are shown and interviewed in this I mean, they're super cute. They're like, yeah, we really like being around everybody, and we have built-in friends everywhere, and it's super mm-hmm. cute. That's all.
0: It seems like what a hippie commune was trying to achieve, and this has yes. just worked out the kinks, right? Right. With, it's without Charles
1: Manson.
2: <laughs> That's
1: what I was going to say. Without the horrible culty vibes. So mm-hmm. it yeah. seems
0: lovely. I love the idea. Of a
1: small community
0: where you know everybody mm-hmm. and you can get help. I mean, think about if your kid comes home and needs help with a math problem that you don't know. Someone there probably fucking knows it, right? hmm Or something like, listen, that's my skill. That's what I contribute to this community. I can tutor math. Mm-hmm. Someone else is going to have to help with English. And we all balance out in the end, right?
1: Indeed. Mm-hmm. She does mention that they don't have sprawling, like, tons and tons and tons of space. Right. But the trade-offs are worth it. So. Right. That doesn't look like terrible. She's got like a little sun area and they use that for a living room and some mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. But there's green spaces for the kids to go hang out in and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's something the
0: Nordic countries, surprisingly, as cold as they are, they really emphasize being outside. Even mm-hmm. in the way, like they ride their bikes in the middle of winter everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but I guess you just get used to it. I don't know. Maybe it's not. The same kind maybe it's not like a wet cold it's just like a cold I don't know I don't know what it is I'm gonna have to move there and figure it out
1: I, I agree when you get your 50 million <laughs> dollars that's right do you remember when we did final member and they were like in the middle of some kind of monster snowstorm and no one even wore a fucking hat yes yeah we were like <laughs> dude <laughs> right
0: <sighs> these people are I mean they're hardy man
1: they really are. And their sweater game is just on point. I really enjoy that. And so. scarves. Yeah, that's scarves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So they discuss that, yes, we all need a community to care about others and to care about ourselves. That really helps with happiness. We mm-hmm. need something other than ourselves. And for some people, that's religion. Mm-hmm. I say good for you if it helps you be a better person. Unfortunately, we have found that's not always the case. And in this country, rarely the case. That religion makes you a better person. And they have found that a lot of people who are religious and feel like their religion condemns everyone outside of their religion,
1: they're not very happy at all. Those people. mm -mm. Right. So this is Dr. Ed, Ed Diner. I don't know. But he was talking about fundamentalists, which is sort of in the vein that you're mentioning. If you really are condemning everybody that's outside of your little viewpoint, Mm -hmm. they are among the most unhappy. I actually wrote there the most unhappy fucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: they are they're fucking horrible sorry
1: yeah so they're also I mean think about that in comparison to if you live in a community and that provides you an opportunity to care and help others it's possible you don't need religion
0: I would like to think so and a lot of the Nordic countries I know are the populations of people who are not religious is growing and growing I mean it is here too but they don't like to say it Mm -hmm. So happy people function better. Mm -hmm. They're healthier. They're more productive. Mm -hmm. They live longer. So that makes me feel like those religious zealots might die off soon. I mean, here's hoping.
1: Right. Fingers crossed.
0: But they live longer. And those people in Okinawa, Japan, live the fucking longest. Right.
1: They're fucking dinosaurs over there.
0: But they don't look like it. So we go to Okinawa, Japan, who has Mm -hmm. more... 100-year-olds. Yeah, than anywhere else in the world, Mm -hmm. like per capita. Mm -hmm. And they are talking to this woman who is 106 years old.
1: And she looks like she could get up and just go for a hike. I mean... They are really spry. It's not 106 like it is here, where you're just completely confined. And I don't know, just it doesn't really... Sometimes it looks like not much of a life. Right. They are getting it done over there. They're up and walking around. They're doing all kinds of things. The lady you mentioned, her name is Yushi? okay she's adorable and yeah. and she talks about well i have sake every evening and i'm like hell yeah you do girl, yeah you do <laughs> and she's like it helps me sleep and i'm like hell yeah sister she specifically mentions lots of sleep which surprisingly that's really the only hit that sleep gets in this hole to do but mm-hmm. you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so she's
0: adorable she is they grow their own vegetables which they mm-hmm. obviously eat, but they also use as gifts to give to others. Listen, if anyone mm-hmm. gives me the gift of vegetables, I would love you. I right. get enough. Mm-hmm. They have a traditional band that is like mm-hmm. made up of what? There's a very small age range, like twenty to twenty one point five or something. It's
1: right. My notes say that there are about fifty people in the band. That they are twenty to thirty year olds, close enough. And they travel around the little villages yep. on Friday nights, and they have. A bit of a hoedown. I don't know what else they call that. Yes. But they specifically mentioned that there's not a lot of other entertainment. So everybody comes out for this. Mm-hmm.
0: Even from other villages, right? So the villages yes. will interact with people from other little villages and yes. go out and dance. And you're right, just have a grand time. Mm-hmm. The
1: elders gather to have tea and chat every day. So they're clatching. I think we're on to something. If nothing else, we've learned that we have, I don't know, legitimized ourselves as clatchers. (laughs) And we'll be clashing for the next 50 years, I guess. That's right. And I love listening to these broads. They're all sitting
0: there like, yep, you know, talking about community and how if a tragedy happens to one person, everyone in the community Mm -hmm. comes to help.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: How they used to bury their dead, but now they cremate them and they have like a communal cremation pot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they all get to be together in the afterlife. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's really sweet. I mean, I don't believe in that, but that's really sweet. Right. And one of them talks about how she lost her husband in World War II, which is a long fucking time ago. hundred years ago, right? (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) I had the same thought and I really had to think about, okay, she was what, in her 20s then? So I guess it works out. But yeah. Jesus Christ, that's forever ago. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't get
0: remarried, right? This is 2012. And she's like, well, I lost my husband. That's the only one I get. I'm... (laughs) Look, she okay. learned that
1: lesson early. Let's yeah. be <laughs> She
0: did. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, these, these ladies, they take me out and we do karaoke and we do stuff. And this one over here is the cutest one. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Right? I mean, it was a Right? They're roasting
1: each other. It is awesome. <laughs> I love them. We need to retire to Okinawa. I'm just telling you that right now. That's exactly what I was thinking. Would they accept outsiders?
0: <laughs> and do you get the longevity just by moving there? Like, immediately you've gained 10 years in your life or something.
1: Mm. I mean, again, we'll put that on our list of shit to try. So, Mr. Miyagi was pretty hip, and he was from Okinawa. I so. know. <laughs> I know. It looked pretty bitchin' even back in the day when we were watching that. Was it Karate Kid 2, where they were in Okinawa? I think so. Okay. All right. Yeah, so they have community centers for the older folks, which is how we're getting these interviews with these feisty old broads. And they have a big sense of caring and connection for others in their community. They they really value each other. And so why wouldn't you want to continue to live in a place like that? Mm-hmm.
0: As you've said many times, we're social creatures. We need to be with other people.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also okay to want some alone time, right? I think when we say things like, you're social creatures... People think that that means you have to be with somebody all the fucking time. And really, it's you have the option to go. Mm-hmm. You have the desire to want to be with others. But then mm-hmm. also you, you know, have some, I don't know, some kind of butt barrier, buffer. Butt um, barriers,
0: I also have. But so. barrier.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, yeah, move into this. I think not. Thank you. Dr. P. Reed He talks about cooperation in social situations releases dopamine. So, here's a tie in to what we were talking about earlier it's measurable to the likes of cocaine or other drugs that work on your dopamine system. So, that seems kind of extreme, but there is a real trade off for you individually to contribute and help other people. It Mm -hmm. feels good to help people. And then, you know, you get that dopamine hit. And maybe you don't want the smack anymore. I don't know. That's correct. <laughs> but that's how I, it's the <laughs> new That's that a down. fun interpretation. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. We see Michael Pritchard. He's a comedian and an educator. This part really got me. I don't know why, of all the things, this is the one that got me. But me too. He goes to schools and he was at a middle school and he was talking to this assembly
1: of kids, right? Real middle school years are the fucking worst and kids are horrible. And it starts off bad too. I'm like, okay, like he's like impersonating a middle school boy and then impersonating a middle school girl. And I'm like, all right, the kids are loving it.
0: Yeah, he's he seemed like an old guy who was trying to be
1: cool and hip, <laughs> right? Yeah. right. Like the school counselor who just really doesn't get it. It's just not relevant anymore. But then he really turned a
2: corner.
0: Yeah, he did, he yeah. did. He does tell mm-hmm. a story about a girl when he was coaching Special Olympics and she was running and like they the gun goes off and she starts running and she's like a bullet right he's like and she's not like an olympic runner she's all over the place but she's ahead of everyone so that's the important right. thing for him mm-hmm. and then she gets to the finish line and before she crosses she stops and he's like on, oh, come on come on come on and she's like no 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 and she turns around and she grabs her friend's hand and then her friend grabs another hand and eventually all six of the runners are holding hands and they walk across the finish line together because they're awesome right it just kind of shows you that they they are focusing on the important things which isn't winning It's right. We're all doing this together. Now we can all enjoy the win. Right. Yes.
1: Right. We're not focusing on competition. We're Mm -hmm. focusing on the teamwork aspect of things. And Mm -hmm. he also brings some kids up and I'm like, Jesus Christ, these kids, this is the bravest thing ever because this is a middle school kid. Yep. Who the first one is talking about. He has some like ADHD stuff. Mm-hmm. And he really feels it because people tease him about it. I mean, this kid is like crying, and then I was crying. But I'm crying. That breaks my heart to see. Kids I mean, talk about like the that. vulnerability, right? Of these kids getting up in front of everybody else and saying, "It is really difficult to face this every day when I come in here." And mm-hmm. these kids are clapping for them, and you know, it's trying to put a face on you know, bullying and, and the effects that it has. And then there's this little short kid that gets up there and you know he is a firecracker because he's like, you all know me and like his cracking mm-hmm. jokes. And people are responding really well to him. But then he talks about like I'm also the shortest kid here and you guys are vicious. I am sensitive in this place and you mm-hmm. just attack me all the time. And then he's crying.
0: And then and I'm crying. crying.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, this guy Michael is talking about this is really what bravery is, is to get up here in front mm-hmm. of everybody and show your like tender underbelly. And mm-hmm. these kids are doing it. And this is really what we should be embracing. We should teach kids how to love one another so they don't do this shit to e- each other anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was really a powerful message, even though like I said, it started off a little hokey.
0: Yeah. I did a really bad interpretation of the girl in the Special Olympics too. I was like, did we need that? Did that really add anything? Yes. Yeah. I
1: the <laughs> same thing. So in the end, very powerful. Maybe a couple of misses along the way. <laughs>
0: yes. But he wants these kids to be responsible for each other, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's not bully them. Let's be responsible for holding each other up and holding each other accountable for our actions, right? If you see someone doing this, don't fucking let it happen. Right. And then he's like, compassion leads to happiness.
2: And, mm-hmm.
0: you know, that's something that they've been saying all along. Mm-hmm. Right, And then the narrator has a good question. She says, what made us happy before, say, the internet or television or cars or phones or whatever? What used to make Mm -hmm. us happy? Mm -hmm. And we meet the sand bushmen of the Kalahari Desert. This is in Mm -hmm. Namibia. And this Mm -hmm. tribe is more closely related to our ancestors than anyone else on the planet. Most of their culture is still intact.
1: Yeah, they mentioned, like, there might be, like, a t shirt here or there. Mm-hmm. So that's really about the extent of how much we've influenced them. They get their food from hunting and gathering.
0: They live off the land, but it is a very communal environment. They work
1: together. Mm-hmm.
0: They help each other. If one person is sick, they all come together to try to help make that person better.
1: Yeah, they feel responsibility for others' a health and well being mm-hmm. and happiness. And I'm like, what would it be like if we were like, I personally, Feel responsible for my neighbors and whether they're doing okay or not, or even mm-hmm. thriving. I mean, mm-hmm. right? It's mind blowing it that people in the world do that because we are so much in, indoctrinated with you have to look out for number one, and everybody else can fuck off. And it's just like <laughs> such a terrible message. It
0: is. It is, and in reality, I know one neighbor. I've lived here for 13 years. I know
1: one neighbor. Yeah,
0: and he just moved in like a year or two ago. So.
1: Well, then you get to that place where you're like, well, I can't possibly go over and ask somebody's name now because... It's been much too long. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is stupid. <laughs> Mostly, uh. I just don't care. It's just sad. Well, I know. Stop it, Erin. I care about you and I want you to be well, so you need to have barbecues with people. Please get on that. Listen, I'm all about having a
0: barbecue of the chickens <laughs> that live next door. <laughs> They're going down. You're that like, rooster's going is down. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see them laughing together and playing games together, and the adults mm-hmm. playing games with the kids and just keeping them entertained. And these sweet, mm-hmm. chunky, chunky babies. I mean, they showed a lot of chunky, chunky babies, and I like big, fat babies.
1: So. That was one shot where I'm like, that is the most photogenic child I've ever seen. That was mm-hmm. the sweetest little baby. They're cute.
0: <laughs> squishy as hell. <laughs> what a squish. That was a squishy baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So there is specific meditation that you can do for happiness and compassion, and it has found to be able to help people maintain that level of happiness Mm -hmm. longer than people who take, say, medicine
2: for
1: that. Right. So I remember that they had specifically called out loving kindness meditation, which is, I'm going to compare it to like a prayer, which is like, maybe you have a loving kindness meditation that focuses on your family members. Okay. Also you can do loving kindness meditation for people that have pissed you off. So again, you are tapping into a different kind of consciousness when you're meditating. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that they talked about, we've taken a monk, somebody who's a professional meditator and we've looked at their (laughs) brainwaves. And when you meditate and you get in that space, he mentions it looks like your brain is on fire, which is mm-hmm. terrifying, but they showed the scans and it's showing what's happening in the brain and it actually changes your brain. Mm-hmm. And you were able to maintain that. So I like the fact that meditation still in our culture is considered a little woo, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I guess if I have time or whatever, but this is another actionable thing. Like, if you care about your brain health in the long term and your happiness, maybe figure out how to make it work for you. So, right.
0: I mean, for those people who are like, listen,
1: it's too woo for me. Like, we're like, look, there's, there's science to back mm-hmm. this up. Let me tell you as a meditator myself, I'm mm-hmm. not an expert. I, I'm not as diligent in my practice, but Richard Davidson, also PhD, I'm sure. I'm sure. Is the guy that's talking about this and he's pretty well known in this field. So okay. there are all kinds of different meditations. So don't let that freak you out to get started, there's walking meditation and, and guided meditation and all kinds of things. But I really liked this part because it talked about, this is something that you can do instead of just, again, smile more or just be happy. Right. It's, yeah. it's an actionable item that you can do if you, if you are concerned about up in your happiness factor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think mm-hmm. Tai
0: Chi would be my way to go for meditation, but again, can't do it. So here we are. <laughs> Not yet. Anyway. Someday mm-hmm. I'll get over mm-hmm. that, but that's day is not today. Yes. They have done a couple different studies. So one was asking people to count their blessings once a week. So every Sunday mm-hmm. or whatever, think about what you're happy for.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And another study asked people to commit acts of kindness, just random acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. And they found that one was actually much more effective than counting your blessings. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing stuff for others seems to be... Kind of the key, guys.
1: Yeah. And this is talking about acts of kindness. Paying for the person behind you for their Starbucks order. Holding the door for somebody. I mean, it can be very minor things. But really, Mm -hmm. it is very fun, in my opinion, to catch somebody off guard and be like, hey, that outfit or those shoes or whatever. I love your nail polish or whatever. These Mm -hmm. are little compliments. Really put a smile on people's face. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy that. So,
0: yeah. We go back to Kolkata, India, to mm-hmm. one of Mother Teresa's home for dying and destitute. Mm-hmm. We meet Andy Wimmer, or it could be Vima. It could be, but he was at one time in the banking industry. Wanted to be the youngest director of a bank. He said he had a good income, a good life for the most part. Spent a lot of money on fashion. You can get behind mm-hmm. that with my shoe collection. You're right, right? But felt like there should have been more. Right, there should be more to this life. Mm-hmm. And a friend of his took him to this home for the dying and the destitute. Mm-hmm. And he said the first thing he saw was this young boy who was dying. He's about fifteen years old, and he had to feed him. And he's feeding him slowly. And at a certain point, the boy opened his eyes and looked at him. And he's like, "That was it. That's all it took for me to realize this is what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to help people in a more um, hands-on way." So he's been mm-hmm. volunteering there for seventeen years. That's what he does with his life. And that's amazing. Yes. It takes a very special kind of person to be able to work in hospice type care. Mm -hmm. It's not easy work, but I'm sure it is Mm -mm. probably some of the most fulfilling work that you can do.
1: Yeah. These folks are not in a, this is not necessarily a medical situation. Like they're not Mm -hmm. getting a ton of medical care. This is very basic medical care. If there's any at all. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that it is gratifying to work with these people. And he talks about where they find the people like in dumpsters and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's tough to think about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um, it's sobering. It's sobering to watch this part of it.
0: Yeah, it is. And then you get back to what are the systemic issues that make this possible? Because there are countries that have figured this out, that taking care of your population mm-hmm. is beneficial for the country.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then the majority of the countries, like our own, has not figured that out. So Right. I think sometimes, like, we're a young country. I like to think there's still hope for us. (laughs) Um, It's tough. It's tough day to day to be like, okay, maybe we'll get it. Yeah. But Andy talks a lot about what he wants to do is show people that somebody cares about them and Mm -hmm. just lightening their burden just a little bit.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And showing them respect as a human because how often are they... Not even noticed or walked over or, yes, you know, so just showing them compassion that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So that brings us kind of to the end of this. So what have Mm -hmm. we learned? What have we learned about happiness? You should care about something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. They say if each of us spend a small amount of time each day to cultivate happiness and compassion, the world would be a better place. So just tiny little changes. You don't have to change your whole Mm -hmm. life at once, but just small little changes And that also we should be thinking of happiness as a skill, not something that you just have, something you have to hone and work at. Mm -hmm. I really like that one the best. I do too.
1: Yeah. You have some control over it. It's not just like, I don't know, the carrot dangling in front of you.
0: Right. It's not just your circumstances because there are many people, no matter how hard you work, your circumstances are not going to be as favorable as you would like. Mm Mm-hmm. But you still have some control over how you
1: deal with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So they talk about get out and play, move a little Mm -hmm. bit. I think a really nice one for me to hear was get out and have new experiences. Because as you know, I don't want to go anywhere and do anything. I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) That's not quite true, but... I do say no to things and I wish sometimes I had said yes. Yeah. Like I would like to be a person who's like a little bit more open to getting out of my routine mm-hmm. and, and doing those kind of things. And I like the fact that my brain will benefit. That's what I've learned. And now
0: you have an excuse. So yeah, you're like, listen, I have to do this to make my brain healthier.
1: That's mm-hmm. right. My brain's going to be ripped y'all. <laughs> Rip.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And they also mentioned happiness is contagious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just like, bad vibes are contagious. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can maybe make a difference to those people around you. Yeah, that's it. And try to
0: cultivate your social network, not like Facebook, but like mm-hmm. you <laughs> the people you have for support, your friends, your family, mm-hmm. try to talk to, I mean, you don't have to talk to them every day. You don't have to be around them every day, but just so they know that you're there if, if they need you and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the most important sure. thing.
1: Yeah, it's not very much fun if you don't have anybody to share life with, right? right? Like you can have all the money in the world. We've all seen a Christmas Carol, so yeah. don't be Scrooge McDuck, you guys. <laughs> don't be Ebenezer Scrooge. I like how <laughs> it became a cartoon, <laughs> right? Look, I'm relevant, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm relating to the people. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are. Right. They won't know Dickens, but McDuck, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. That's that's it. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Uh, Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but I feel better about having some actionable items to take away from
1: this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd also like to recommend The Happiness Lab. It's a different podcast. I think it's by Lori Santos. Mm -hmm. But she talks a lot about these actionable things. And so if you're interested in detailed information on meditation or loafing was an episode and some of that kind of stuff. She also hits a lot on sleep. Mm Mm-hmm which they did not necessarily mention here. Probably good for those of us Americans who work too much and don't sleep ever. Uh, So that was one little recommendation that I had. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do
0: nice things for other people. Just let's just generally overall be a good person. Let's try that Yeah, people. Let's just try that.
1: Yes. I'm a fan. Yeah, me too. Okay. (sighs)
0: So from happy, (laughs) where do we go next week?
1: (laughs) To horrible.
0: (laughs) Got a balance, man. We got a balance.
1: I know, I know. We've been on a nice kick here, but mm-hmm. now it's time to get into uh, a nice juicy story from yesteryear. We're gonna do Menendez Brothers, Misjudged? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Mm-hmm. This one's about an hour and twenty-five minutes. Very recently released in twenty twenty-two. It looks like it's on Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. So this may be a free trial situation for me. Yep. We'll see how it goes and where I can find it, but. Anyway, this is about the Menendez brothers. So this was a very famous true crime story from the 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. yeah. So if you're unfamiliar, it's great. If you are familiar, also great, as this is kind of a big big case and big story.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. I know there was a big documentary about them a couple years back, but
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not sure what this one is about other than I think hopefully they have maybe new information or maybe a new Mm -hmm. spin on it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just remember this trial being aired. It was just a horrible
1: mess, the whole thing. So it'll be interesting to see how it's changed. Yeah. Yeah. It was shocking at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it'll still be shocking now um, as I, I'm sure there's always shit I can learn about horrible story. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be good. We'll ask you to rate, review and subscribe. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at go mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Thanks. It's been real. Yes,
0: it has been happy talking to you this week and we hope <laughs> it really we hope been. to talk to you next week about horrible things. Okay? Later, <laughs> bye.